Good afternoon, Mr. Claywell. Good afternoon, Mr. Ham. How are you doing on this lovely 30-degree spring day? Dude, I am so over, like, this whole winter weather crap. It is, it sucks. What, you it's like April, almost middle of April, and we're getting snow? No. Yeah. Somebody needs to either go, like, I don't know, Mother Nature needs to go get, like, laid or something. I'm just saying. <laughs> She needs some hormone treatments or she something. She's having some, cold flashes. She's she's hit that change in life, and everyone is reaping the 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 disaster and the, everything that goes with it. It sucks. Yeah, it's it's definitely not been fun. No, everybody I know is getting sick. Yes, because it's seventy degrees one day, thirty degrees the next day, and it's been doing that for what like three weeks now. It has my. It's I have insane. a actual. I, I have a cousin that came in from Indiana. Haven't seen her in years and years and years and years. Um, and like she comes to Kentucky and gets the flu. So she's yeah. like laid up, you know, she was going to spend the whole week just going out visiting family. And she has basically, she got to visit for two days and she's been laid up at, at the house since then. Like bad enough that she Jeez. needed like breathing treatment and like steroids as well as um, whatever they give you, like, you know, Tamiflu or whatever it is. Right. Like they've, they've, yeah, they, they really piled it on her. So yeah. Yeah. This yeah. week, the flu's making a comeback. Strep's making a comeback. It's like enough already. Yeah. Let's just get spring. Let's just get warm weather so we can go out and do all the nice outdoorsy things. I'm sick of being cooped up in the house. Amen. Amen. And I know, I know you're trying to get stuff ready for your new house to go down. I am. I am. Yeah. We've been working a little bit over there, clearing some spots on the land. We've had some, some underbrush and stuff like that, that was grown up and, and cutting a lot of that and getting it cleaned up. And it, we, we've made progress. I feel like I've been in a fight with a feral cat where we've been working through the, the briars and things. Nice. But yeah. It looks like one of them slapped you on the tip of the nose. There. Dude, it got me right straight across the nose. I was cutting and, and it like came across my nose and it didn't just like fall and poke. It like slashed and yeah, like, like slapped you just like a cat, dude. I was, it was pouring blood. Like I, yeah. I, I, it hit, I looked at Ashley and I was like, am I bleeding? She goes, Oh yeah. I mean, it was the look on her face was, Oh my God. And I thought, Oh God, I've cut the end of my nose off. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, facial wounds are bad. All facial wounds just bleed like crazy. Yeah, dude, it, it was not fun. Not fun. It's but ridiculous. Hey, you know what? We're making progress. We'll get good, this house good. going here really, really, really soon. Very good. So I'm glad. I'm I'm excited to see it start taking shape. No kidding. Me I know, too. I know you're more excited than I am, obviously, <laughs> but still, I'm, I want to see everything shape up. I want to see it become a house. You know, I am looking, honestly, looking forward to the work. I, I it, it, most crazy. people, most people are like, no, I want. I, I look forward to it being finished, so that way we can move in. But I'll, I'm looking forward to the process. You're crazy. I, but we've talked about this in the past. Right. I am the DIY guy. I'm yeah. the, the do-it-yourself guy. So I'm in, I enjoy the building and the seeing things happen, watching it step-by-step step happen. I enjoy the handing of the money and the going, doing something fun and coming back and the work is done. <laughs> That's what I enjoy. Yeah, not a problem. That's, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm looking forward to, to actually getting there and digging in and doing some of this stuff. Cannot wait. Awesome, dude. Well, keep us informed. We'll do. We'll do. I'll give you guys updates over, you know, Good the deal. next nine months. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure awesome. that's what it's going to take. So I want to start off this week uh, by saying congratulations to us. A little hearty pat on our own backs. Yay. We've done, on the back. we've done decent work. Uh, we have hit a milestone. Thanks to all the lovely people that are out there listening to us. Uh, 
This is our 18th episode that we're recording right now. Nice. <clears throat> and as of this recording, we have already exceeded 500 downloads. Awesome. Yay. Which, That's which I pretty am, good. I am more than thrilled about. No honestly. doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I know some people are like, wow, you know, whatever. Like I watch people on YouTube that get like 3 million views per video they make. But I'm just like, hey, this is great. Absolutely. I'm so Absolutely. I'm so happy and I just want to say thank you to everybody out there that listens. Thank you for downloading the episodes and giving us a shot. Uh you are appreciated. So Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um we we try to make each episode something that's enjoyable not only for us but for our listeners. And um if you have any suggestions out there that things that you would like to hear us talk about, you know, topics, um something you find interesting, you know, you know, shoot us messages. We've always plug our uh, the ways that we can be contacted at the end of each episode. Yeah. Um go to our Facebook page, go to our, you know, any of those Gmail, the Twitter account, any of that stuff. Just shoot us those messages. We'd love to hear from you. So, um, you know. Yeah. And we have a couple of topic ideas coming in the pipeline from listeners. Absolutely. Uh, we're working up doing the research, getting them ready to go into production on an episode. So uh, we thank you for those submissions and they are great. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So today, what are we going to talk about today? Well, it's something that we've kind of hit on here and there about my own personal addictions, uh, <laughs> especially in the last episode. Hey, so the, there's there's the, something the vices episode, by the way. Right. I've heard so much feedback about, specifically um, talking about um, just the, like the the buying. What you right. what we were talking about. There are so many people that share that vice with us, by the way. So, but anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll let you continue. <laughs> I mean, we we do live in a consumerist society, so. <laughs> It's, it's fairly common. Yeah. Uh, so one of the, one of the things, one of the things I wanted to talk about today was related to one of my reward systems, if you will. Uh, I want to talk to you because I know you are also somewhat of, uh, an audio lover, right? So, and you're, you're a little more so than me. You've got a better ear than I do. I would say what, in your opinion, and, and let's get some discussions going from anybody out there that's listening. What's the best audio delivery system. So like, now are we talking, when you say audio delivery system, are we talking like from the artist to the consumer? Okay. So you're, the best so you're of, talking about medium, not necessarily. Yes. Okay. So you're talking like audio medium, not audio system as yeah, far as not like sound system or anything. Okay. I don't okay. want to get like a brand war going, but like what's like the, the, what's the best method of getting the recording from the artist to the consumer? Well, there are a few things we can talk about in that. Specifically, right. one, convenience. Um, do we want... No, no I'm, I'm talking just pure audio fidelity. What's the best? My personal thought yeah. on this, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a vinyl guy. I love a nice, clean vinyl put through a decent system processed through tubes. Um, to me, it gives you the, the, the most true sound of, you know, what that recording should have been, you know, what, when you, it was actually taking place, the needle was, was cutting a groove and mm -hmm. it was basically, this is the sound that was there at the time. So I, that's me. I, I think that vinyl is, is the best medium as far as getting a true sound. Now it's not the cleanest. 
Okay. Because fair. it is, I mean, especially if you if you have an older um, record, you have an older, you know, um, yeah, some they're scratchy. They they always will get scratchy. But if with that first time that you take it out, you run it, you know, put it on the turntable, let it spin a few times, take a cloth across it, make sure there's no dust, drop the needle. It's just as clean, in my opinion, as any CD or cassette tape that you're going to find. But um, there is a continuation of sound whenever you have vinyl because it, these other formats, mm-hmm. mind right. you, the cassette is is one of those where you have a you know the tape and it's a digital format as well. That digital, um, basically ones and zeros, it's open and closing, right? I mean that's that's how it works. So no matter how tightly you can get that, you still get a choppy sound, or it can be. So um, I think that the vinyl, where it is just a continuous sound, where basically you're just, it's a swirl, it's a circle, you're, you're, it's, it's uninterrupted and true. I got you. I got you. And I can appreciate that. And I don't know, to me... That constant, and I know it's what you're talking about with like a newer, cleaner vinyl. Right. I, I, I don't, I've only heard that like maybe once or twice in my life. Typically what I've heard has been records that have been played hundreds of times. Yeah. And they get really, really and, scratchy. And you've got that constant like hiss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is distracting. And I know what you're saying about the full range it's in and i when you get down into the the pure audio files right they agree with you wholeheartedly yeah for me personally i prefer digital yeah now i'm not necessarily now i will say and i do know the mp3 which is what everybody thinks of when they think of digital is is a relatively newer standard it's what they call a lossy format and the way MP3 works is it cuts out a lot of the upper frequencies right. of the sound that most people can't hear anyway. Okay. That's, that yeah. was the reasoning behind it. They, they were like, we need to make these audio files smaller so we can get deliver them across the internet. So they came up with this MP3 format. It was a German company. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the company that developed it. But anyway, uh, they worked over and over and over trying to develop this compression algorithm that would make a song substantially smaller in file size without losing any discernible audio quality. There's arguability about their success, but I think by and large, most people would say that they were successful. You can listen to an MP3 and without really missing a lot, but a lot of people do agree with you. An MP3, they say, feels like soulless. It doesn't feel alive. Right. It doesn't have the warmth. Yeah. Um, the person that, that actually created the MP3, Professor Hans Musman, um, mm-hmm. he was chairman of the ISO MPEG audio group. Um, that was he was working actually with a company called Moving Picture Ex, uh, Experts Group, and they were like basically what they were they were doing. Like you say, they were trying to develop a format that was easy to to transport, easy to mm-hmm. um, send, easy to share. Um, and the MP3 was born out of basically. Not necessarily necessity, but it was just out of simplicity. So that way they could be, they could, they could use it. And you're right. Whenever they started taking that, those little parts out, the things that people normally don't hear, that is part of, like you say, the life of the music, the soul of the music. 
um, mm-hmm. the tones that you're able to get through those true, like the, the vinyl, the true replication of audio. I think, I think that is one of those things that, that gives music its life. And I, I love digital as far as its convenience. You know, I've got God knows how many songs and albums, you know, downloaded on my phone, um, computer, things like that. Right. And it's nice to be able to just click and go. But if I'm really wanting to sit down and listen to a, you know, a track or, or a, 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 an album, I have a nice turntable at the house. It's playing through my system. It's, it is uh, processed through tubes. I will put that on there, clean up the album a little bit and drop the needle. And that to me is where you really get the true, the true sound, the true tones. And like you were saying, you've not heard that fresh sound, you know, but just a few times typically yeah. come over sometime. I typically, I, I, I nowadays I normally don't buy, I, like if I'm going to buy an album, I will buy the vinyl because it comes with a digital download. Pretty much all of them do now. Oh, well that's nice. That's <laughs> yeah. nice. So like any of like the, the, the latest, like the Gilmore albums, the, the Pink Floyd albums, stuff like that comes with a little card that has a digital download as well. So you just go into their website, put in the key, and then you've got the digital copy that you can throw on your phone or whatever, but you have the, the vinyl itself. And it is, they're using 180 grain vinyl. So it's a really, really, really thick album. The, the grooves are cut deeper. So that way it doesn't give you that scratchiness as quickly. It, it basically holds true to that sound for a lot longer. That's so. good. That's, now, I got a question, and you may not know. Okay. But, so, you know, did, did you know that there's only one company in the United States currently that cuts vinyl? I had heard that. I don't know who they are, but I, I, well, I had heard I, I that. I can tell you. Yeah. It's, it's Third Man Records. Yeah. Owned by Jack White of oh, the White nice. Stripes. Awesome. And they're based in Michigan. Very cool. And I can, yeah, uh, the machines that they use to do their vinyl pressings or cuttings—I'm not sure how. I'm not sure if they press them or cut them there. Yeah. Uh, but their machines they had to order from Germany. Yeah. Because no one, literally, no one here did it. And uh, when they got the machines in, they had to go out and find these older retired audio engineers and and these older people because they could not find anyone currently working in the audio industry that knew how to run these old machines. Like they could not find the people or the training materials or anything to like teach the people how to make the vinyl. I can see that. So I mean, they it's, had almost to go find, an, it's almost a lost art. It was basically a dead art yeah. until they started this company back up and got the vinyls going again. Dude. And, and vinyl is really, really taking off. Yeah, it um, is again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was in, um, Barnes and Noble the other day. It's been a couple weeks ago, and they have a section now, like their their audio section. The whole thing is lined with vinyl now. Yeah, they've got like CDs and things like that. And there was really not a whole lot of CDs, to be honest. There was there was more movies, uh, Blu-ray, and things like that that was there. And but the vinyl, the the section. I don't want to say the section. The whole place was covered with vinyl. Well, even Walmart everywhere. has a vinyl section now. Yeah, which yeah. I thought so, was just kind of crazy. I, I'm I'm loving it because again, you're getting these, you're getting new pressings of older material, which is clean. Okay. So, so I mean, that's MP3. I think we can both agree that the the other more recent standard of cassette tapes was just a poor medium. 
It was, again, it was a convenient thing um, until you had a cassette player that ate a tape or it started dragging because the tape, a lot of times the cassette tape itself was so thin that you would, it would stretch. So you'd end up getting these really weird audio like. Well, yeah, but not even that. Just the, I mean, it was a magnetic medium with a magnetic read head and yeah. like eventually it would start to wear down. It would degrade. The audio quality would go bad. It would. Yep. And again, you had that hiss a lot of times. All, all the time. Um, back whenever we were playing music, David had this little, um, it was like, I think it was Tascam or Tasco uh, four-track recorder. Mm-hmm. Ta- Tascam, they still around, yeah. yeah. And um, it was a four-track recorder that we, we, would, we would purchase the best t- cassette tapes that we could find. Um, to use and of course with a four track you're not using side a side b you're using all four tracks you know side a and b had a left right side b or side a, a had a left right b had a left right we were using one two three and four right. so um right. but um we would have to record track one then you'd record track two and then if you were really brave go ahead and record track three and then you would have to bounce one, two, and three all the way down to track four. Then you could re-record over one, two, or three. And then you had to bounce back up to another track. So you had to keep this constant back and forth going to, to be able to get more than like four tracks on, on a recording. And we would typically, in any song that we did, we would nip, normally have anywhere between six and sometimes even like 12 to 14 tracks that you'd constantly be bouncing back and forth. And after you played that cassette, even a high, high quality cassette that many times back and forth, you would start to get like ghosting of sounds because you can't completely clean a track. Right. Um, Cause it's magnetic. It's magnetic. And it was, it was one of those mediums that again, it was convenient because, you know, you throw a bunch of cassettes in the back of the, you know, in a car or something like that, throw them right. in there, but Just don't leave them in the sun. Don't leave them in the sun. Um, and don't let them get wet. Right. <laughs> but right. I mean, I don't know. The eighties was a, were like, they were a, a strange time for audio. Everybody was going big or going home. And you know, you had eight track that was coming out of the seventies. It was still alive in certain little pockets here and there. Then cassette came along and it was just, it, it, it kind of took everyone by storm for about what, seven, eight years there, basically early eighties to about the early nineties. And then you had a CD that was introduced. Right now. So what do you think about CDs? Cause they don't suffer quite as much from the MP3 problem, right? Cause a, cause a CD uses a wave for file format. It does. Which is not, it still has a little bit of lossy. Uh, I'm reading here right now. Uh, CDs actually still cut at about 20 kilohertz okay. frequency range. Right. Like they, they really can't go above that frequency on the recording, which, okay, I have pretty good ears. Right. And anything over about 17 kilohertz, I lose. Okay. Uh, typically speaking, if you can, as a broad age test, they can pr- play high frequency sounds. Right. And they can generally roughly guess your age based on where your hearing drops out of this the frequency true. range. This is true. And it's just a, a thing that happens as you age. You lose high frequency hearing. Right. So I can hear up to about 16 kilohertz. Okay. Uh, so 20 kilohertz is gone. For is you. substantially above that and still 
lost to me. Right. So 28, if that's where CDs... Well, CDs cut at 20. Oh, at 20. CDs cut at 20 kilohertz. Okay. But I'm just saying, even at 20 kilohertz, if there was any audio there, it would still be completely lost to me. Right. Because I can't hear that frequency. Like Anything above about 16, I lose. Okay. And I know I was goofing around the other day with my supervisor and playing the mosquito ringtone. Yes. And there are various frequencies of that for different people. And he lost out at about uh, 13, 12 to 13 kilohertz. Oh, wow. So. And you were able to keep it up to about 16. Uh, about 16, yeah. Huh. So. I, I need to give that, that test. You know, I need to do that test myself just to find out where my hearing range is. Because I'm, right. I'm curious, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, I could still hear the speaker. Right, but you I could hear, hear click on, but you couldn't hear the audio. But I couldn't hear the audio, right? Right. So another thing, uh, that's just a little bit of trivia about the frequency ranges, and typically uh, MP3 will cut lower than that. Okay. Uh, to save more space, because they like, what's the point of having that if most people can't hear it? True. So they clip a lot of the high frequencies out, which for some music is fine, but for some other music, like classical, if you've got violin, uh, that, some of the violin, a lot. some of those violin pieces can get up above. The 20 kilohertz ranges. Right. So you could be losing a lot of the what people would typically call the vibrance of the sound. Absolutely. That high Absolutely. frequency, the energy. Another thing, another interesting little tidbit I found when they were developing the MP3 format, they, they picked a song and they thought, if we can make this song sound good, we've got it made. Ah, what song was that? Tom's Diner. Tom's Diner? Tom's Diner. Huh. Okay. I don't know why they would choose specifically that because, song. Because the song is so stripped down and relies primarily on vocals and female vocals, which are going to be in the higher frequency ranges. Yeah. They felt that if they could compress that song without losing any of the audio or much of the audio quality, that they would have had it nailed. See, I can. Uh, the thing is, is there are so many different levels of sound that that people like aspire to to produce. Putting something in a can like that, you know, pigeonhole, pigeon pigeonholing, you know, that's the a sound to basically saying if we've got this one, then we've got everything. That's that's really and I know that, again, it comes out of convenience. And and if we can do this, then surely to goodness, everything else will sound decent. And I guess I do that myself because when I don't go and adjust my EQ for every single song, right? you basically set it to a I set it to a different, you know, one one setting and go, oh, yeah, this sounds good. But I don't change it from album to album or song song to song. So I guess I guess I'm doing the same thing. So I mean, so basically what. What they're saying, instead of trying to play 40 different songs. And making and them all work. Let's just find, let's just take find this song. the common ground, the middle of the road. Right. And, find, and it has, there's bass. There, her voice is high. And that, right. their main concern was losing vocals. That was I their primary focus. Was they didn't want to cut vocals. So if they could, that was their thought processing. I just thought it was interesting. That is interesting. Okay. So, so, yeah. so where do you feel about CDs, though? Sorry. I, I like CDs. Um, CDs have decent sound. Okay. They so, are, so can you hear a difference between a CD and an MP3? I can, yes. Okay, so I don't. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can definitely. To me, an MP3 sounds just just sounds very digital. Sounds very cold. Okay. Um, and CD has a little more warmth, not a whole lot, but right. yeah, there is there is a difference. But yeah, I can I can definitely hear a difference. So what if I hit? You, what if I drop a bomb on you? Okay. What if I told you that before long there would not be any more MP3s? I, I would. Well, I mean, it'd be okay, I guess. Um, the company that owns the MP3 file format uh-huh. is not is going to no longer license it. So what what will happen? Are we going to move to the MP4 format? Because well, I know MP4 is video. Well, uh, it's yeah, not audio. it okay, okay. Because I was going to say MP4. I've I've yeah. It's been it's it's yeah. It's traditionally video, but I've I was thinking that I'd seen some audio MP4 audio. Uh, well, I mean, you can do, yeah, you can do like no a, video on a video track, but the file sizes would be huge for no reason. Right. Um, so what but, are we going to go to? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Bernard Grill, the director of the Fraunhofer division, uh, which owns the MP3 file format, told NPR they were no longer going to license the MP3 standard to anyone. And Okay, here they go. Moving forward, they will be using the advanced audio coding File format or AAC. 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 Okay. I guess that's okay. I mean, it's going to be a whole lot of software shift. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be one of the things. My other other question was to you was going to be MP3s are very lossy, Mm -hmm. compressed, small file sizes. And that was the purpose. Yes. They wanted to get those file sizes down so they could be easily transmitted across the internet. Right. For services like Apple Music, Napster back in the day. Yeah. Just totally blanked on that. Uh, so they had they wanted to get the file sizes down, and hard drives were small back then. Storage was not was not terabytes. As, it was yeah megabytes. Yeah megabytes. Yeah. So they got the file sizes down, but now storage is not an issue. Right. Like my computer has a four terabyte hard drive in it. Right. Uh, my Xbox has a one terabyte hard drive in it. Right. So the the the, the the availability of storage is there now. So what, what would you think about moving to something like AAC or FLAC? I'd be okay with it. I mean, I've, I've listened to both of those file formats, AAC and FLAC. Um, they're, to me, they sound somewhat better. They're still very digital. Now, see, um, that's still very cold. Because FLAC is supposed to be how they record in the studio. I can, I mean, like I so said, that, that, would, and be, it that could would be the same, that would be the same recording that they would get pressed to vinyl. It could do, it could also simply be the, um, the delivery system, like, because my computer is not hooked up to my big sound system at home. So it could be the processing side of it as well. Um, if I took that same FLAC file, put it on my phone, plugged it in instead of the turntable, would it be the same as if I had the vinyl there? That's a possibility because I'd be processing it through t- uh, tubes and it would be coming through the same sound system that I listen to my vinyl through. So that could have a, a difference as well. I, I don't right. know. I, I, I guess that's another one of those things where I'd really have to test it out because, I mean, my, the computer speakers that I have are not near what my sound system is. So. Okay. I got you. I got you. So for you, though, it's definitely vinyl. I love vinyl. I love vinyl. Yeah. I'm going to have to go digital for okay. me. I think a, a 320k MP3. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you get down into like the 128, 128 92, yeah. 
then I can start hearing the differences there. Right. Because they do get really compressed and you can, it, like it almost sounds like a bad auto tune or something. Yes. Uh, yes, So it does. I can hear those. But if you get a high quality MP3 that yeah. was recorded higher quality than the compression. Right. Then, yeah, I, I think like a, a good high, high bit rate MP3 is, is okay. Okay. And that's, I mean, that's, Again, you're like, say, it's convenient. It sounds, it, it does still sound good. I can't say that it sounds bad. It right. sounds good. It sounds good. It's clean. Yeah. There's none of the, and, and like I said, I haven't heard a good vinyl system, but for me, vinyl and cassettes are both just associated with that constant. Yeah. In the background that just drives me bananas. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, see, so, to me, that's part of, even like with the old ones, like the scratchy records, like that, dropping that and then going, you know, having that little pop and crack yeah. and stuff. Uh, to me, that that adds character and tone, um, and I, I like I like that to an extent. Now, again, if I'm if I'm you know putting on a really really nice new, I like it to be quiet. So when you drop the needle, if you hear anything at all besides the music that starts, then I, I have an issue with that. But yeah, I, I think that the the just the warmth and the tone of vinyl is is, is there. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So we've officially decided MP3 is the best format. Unless you want to really hear the way the music sounds, then you need to go vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. We have our own different opinions. Oh, goodness. That's all right. <laughs> it's perfectly okay. We can disagree. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we've discussed that one thoroughly. I think so. Right. I think so. All right. So there, there you go. Sound fidelity. Uh, I would say a good delivery system at home is sure. going to bear your biggest. It really will. Are you running it through a set of little tin can speakers or are you set running it through a nice set of bows or, you know, even like Phillips or something that's really, 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 really nice? Yeah. Altec Lansings or what have you. Good set of headphones, maybe. Good set of headphones. Heck yeah, dude. So all of that will definitely have a large bearing on on sound quality. So. Right. So if you're one of those people that can't hear the difference, maybe you need better audio equipment at home. <laughs> maybe Possibly. I need better audio equipment. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so talking about equipment and advances in technology and all that other stuff. Yeah. How close do you think... We are not having to go to the store anymore for any reason. Dude, we're already there. You think we are? I think dude, we were there in the 1970s. And let me tell you why. In the 1970s, I saw with my own very eyes Willy Wonka like transport a bar of chocolate across the room, broke it up into a million pieces and sent it across the top of the room. <laughs> and it, re it replicated on the other side of the room. Only it was much smaller because everything they, on TV is much smaller. Yeah. They lost a lot of mass doing that. <laughs> they though. did. They did. I mean, that's, that's a lot of chocolate gone. <laughs> no, honestly, I think that we are moving toward a society where we don't have to leave the house to get things. Right. And now I'm rapidly, not, I'm rapidly. Not, I'm not necessarily talking about like Amazon, like right. ordering stuff and have it shipped to you. Okay. I'm talking about having everything you need in your home. So you're talking about I'm talking about like almost production like, of food. You're talking about production of exactly of mundane items, toothbrushes yeah. and combs, um, your eyeglasses for that matter. So you're talking about 
replicating items, basically ordering up either schematics for something or yep. something like that, and it basically 3D printing at home. Well, 3D printing is part of it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, I've got a friend of mine that's got a 3D printer. Right. He 3D prints everything. See, yeah, they got one at school just the other day, and they're they're just starting to use now, that to learn how to use do it. Do you use ABS or TLA? Um, are you talking about the filament? The filament, yeah. It's ABS. So you use ABS. Yeah. Now, if I'm right, talking to him, I think, isn't ABS the better one that's a little higher temperature required? I think so. Yeah. So he he can do both. Right. And he says TLA's cheaper, I think. Whichever one is the lower temperature requirements. Uh-huh. Is a little, it's cheap. The filament is cheaper and it prints faster, uh, but it's not as rugged. Yeah, it doesn't have, yeah, and I've heard it doesn't have as much detail as well because, right? Because where you have to, well, now that depends on your printer. Okay, 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 okay. So it's just like with old school inkjet printers. Oh, yeah. The, the DPI, right? It's the similar thing for 3D printers. I forget what they call it, but the finer layers your printer can print. The more detail, the you more get. detail you can get. Oh, that makes so it sense. just depends on the resolution. I think I think they just call it resolution. It just depends on the resolution that your printer can print at. Okay, but I mean, he prints tools for work. He prints parts for his job. He prints things for home. He printed like this cool little jewelry box That's for awesome. his niece. It you you twist it and yeah. the top opens like a uh, an iris on oh, a Oh, nice! Camera. Yeah. So like it's these four little leaf triangle shapes that like as you twist it they pop up and spin to close nice and then when you twist it the other way they open up and drop away to open the box dude that is really cool that is really cool yeah he 3d prints everything so that's awesome i mean then that's that could give you the basis for a lot of your stuff that you want right you could print your glasses frames yep you could print the body of a toothbrush uh you could i'm not sure how fine the detail is you could maybe even print toothbrush bristles because they're just nylon. It's just nylon. The ones you yeah. buy at the store anyway. Absolutely. Uh, but he's he's even printing like he printed a little. He bought a pie, a raspberry pie. Yeah. And printed a little body for it that looks like a tiny little classic Nintendo. By the way, raspberry pie, tiny, tiny, tiny little computer, not literal raspberry pie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yes. It's a tiny little. All included computer system. Yeah, we're talking like processor RAM, the size of a credit card or a little larger. Right, and you can get them kitted out with different stuff. Like his has a video output, audio output. Right, it's all built into the little chip. They're like thirty five bucks. Yeah, yeah. So he he bought the Raspberry Pi, which who knows? They may get the technology. I mean, the processors and everything are just printed. In a big factory in a clean room. Yeah. I mean, realistically, we may get man, that technology down to where we could do that at home too. But he just bought that, printed a little shell for it that looks like a classic Nintendo system. That is really cool. <laughs> and has like all these video game ROMs that you just pop in, plug in a controller on a USB port in the front of it and play and pl- plug it into your TV and boom. You have a tiny little NES. Well, yeah, his has got a bunch of different ones, but yeah, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> all the stuff you could do. So, there, I mean, there's all your material needs met. You right. just need filament. Basically, you're right. I mean, and that's, like you say, that's where we're moving. Um, I think as a society, convenience is is driving everything. So being able to basically say, okay, I need this or I want this, 
and just go to the internet or go to your computer in a few clicks and it starts and you could have this item within, especially with the, some of the newer printers. They don't take yeah. two days to print like no, it's a few hours, it's just a few hours or some of them even down to minutes, depending on detail and size of the item. Right. Um, the the fact that that is so convenient and we can get to that point, I think we're moving that direction quickly, quickly. Yeah, um, I mean, and so yeah, it's it's insane. It really is. It really is. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know the limitations. I guess it would be the size of your printer, um, right, and things like that. But I think, if I'm not mistaken. The other day, um, it has been probably, I want to say four weeks now, five weeks ago, we had a gentleman come in from the college and talk to our classes in science lab about 3D printing. And they were able to get on Tinkercad, which is a, a design program, like mm-hmm. a very, very simple design program that, that right. kids can use. They first built an item out of clay. They got a little card. And basically, let me just start from scratch here. They got a little card that had a scenario on it. The scenario is we have sent a group of um, humans to another planet, and when they got there, they ran into a lot of problems because they thought they had thought of everything. When they got there, they found out, oh, there's some things that we still need. Please help us is what they they've sent these scenarios back to Earth and say, hey, please help. Each card, and there was probably 30 or 40 little cards, had this problem, and the kids had to come up with a solution to the problem. And it could be simply as, you know, something like, we're out of space, and we need, um, we need to be able to grow more um, crops so that way we can feed more people, blah, 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 blah. Um, and totally not a pressing societal issue now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no kidding. So... The kids had to come up first with a design, and they had to kind of draw it out. Then after the design process, once they drew it out, they were all, like each little group of four kids were handed um, a couple of bricks of clay, and then they had to model it. Whatever it was that they were going to build, they had to basically make it a model and say, okay, well, does it work? You know, how, how will it all fit together? Right. Then went from there to Tinkercad and created it in the 3D world. And now they're at the process. The next step is printing it. So they will have a small prototype of whatever this this item is that fixes the problem. Um, and that's where we just got our 3D printer a, you know, a week ago, a couple weeks ago. And they're going to start printing them. And each kid will have their own tiny little model of the the design that they came up with. They're going to print, you know, four of them, you know, one for each kid in the group. So as far as a process goes, as at learning and and seeing that, hey, this thing is going to be something that can be used later down the road, it's awesome. The gentleman that came in with the 3D printing, um, he does it for the college. The largest printer that he has is like twice the size of this table. So he can make items. This table is what, four by four? About, it's, well, it's about a four foot circle, yeah. Yeah. So um, he can make items that are like seven feet, I want to say seven feet by seven feet. Like he's wow. printed, um, like he's really into anime and he printed like one of the guns from one of the animes full scale. Jeez. It was awesome. Um, no wonder college is so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> but, um, this no, this is his personal 
his personal setup, not the college's setup. Oh, this is his personal oh, setup. Oh, I'm sorry, I yeah. misunderstood. Okay, yeah. So, um, and he teaches at the college. He teaches like 3D printing and technology and, and you know and stuff like that and and computer design and, and graphic design. So. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. The stuff that he brought, like he brought just a few small items. Um, one of them was a T eight hundred, you know, Terminator, like the head. Oh, and yeah, dude, okay. it was like so detailed, like so detailed. And he's like, I've got one at the house that I've actually hollowed out where the eyes are, and I've got the red in there so they glow. He said, I mean, it was just, it was awesome. Um, so th- the possibilities are limitless. It's just a matter of size. Can you imagine having a printer the size of your basement? Basically, it just being on racks in the top of the ceiling and just goes back and forth and starts doing things. Yeah, you know? but it doesn't even have to be that big because even the smaller printers, you can print in, sec- in pieces and, and, and then just assemble piece it. it together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, it's amazing what, where we're going with, with just the 3D printing part of this, not to right. mention all of the other capabilities that we would be able to have by printing things. Medical. I mean, yeah. It, replacement parts for you you need a new hip 3d print one that's right you know dental oh you got a bad tooth print yourself a cap yeah you know i mean there's so many things that we could do with it i i I mean where would you go i mean what what are the limitations you know your imagination exactly exactly i I don't know like this is all new stuff to me and it's mind-boggling to me and the the prices are getting really down on some of this stuff i mean you can get a small one Try uh, yeah. for just a couple hundred bucks. Four hundred bucks. I, like, I was looking at one, the one that we bought at the school. I mm-hmm. was like, this thing is really cool. It's a smaller one, hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah. I was like, for I play Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder. I know take an RPG. You print your own little minis. Print my own minis. Yeah. Dude, just go in and design them and print them myself. So and and you go any with that even small printer. I could probably go up to, in you know tabletop realm. I could probably go gargantuan size, which would be six by six. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. dude, that would be awesome. Can you imagine that? I know. How much money you would save? That'd be great. <laughs> minis are so expensive. Yeah. Well, these you you still have to paint these though, which is my farmer. Downfall. Farmer would be all about that. He loves painting. He did the Warhammer thing, so he loves painting stuff, and he, oh, it looked really good. I hate it. I hate it. I hate painting. <laughs> so, like, I mean, so you you could, but I'm just saying though, you could have the 3D printers to right? meet all of your material needs effectively. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you could just about print anything you needed material wise, like any physical thing that you needed. Absolutely. So then what you need food, food, right? That's, and wh- I mean that I'm not going to eat filament. Sorry. You sure? Uh, well, you know, what, like spaghetti it, <sighs> probably wouldn't go down very well though. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, so a lot of people are starting to do this now. You put you a little garden in your yard. Yeah, I've done that right? for years now. Yeah. You got all your veggies that you need right there. Okay. And if you happen to be one of those meatitarians, you need meat. Right. Why not just right there in your basement next to your printing station, you just start your own little uh, meat farm in the basement and start growing your own meat. Okay, so a cow in the basement is not going to work. No pigs in the basement either. I'm just the thinking. amount of, of waste that would come from that and the, the odier from that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> would not you. be good. But I'm not talking about animals. I'm talking about petri dish grown meat okay the technology Um, is getting there for that okay they've been working on it for a few years now they have i'm sure people have heard the discussions about lab grown meat and 
all this stuff, whatever you want to call it. There's hundreds of different things, their names, they're kicking around for it. Right. There's lab meat, clean meat, whatever, whatever. There's like 20 different names and some, some good news. Like if you're one, if you're a Jewish listener out there and you've always thought about pork, but you don't eat it because you know, it wouldn't be kosher. Uh, some of the, I forget the gentleman's specific name, but one of the big rabbis that makes the calls on what food is okay to be considered kosher or not. Right. Has decided that lab grown meat, lab grown pork would be kosher. Okay. So you could, you could Jewish and have lab grown kosher pork. So bacon is no longer off the menu. Exactly. Bacon, (laughs) ham, pork chops, any of that stuff you've always, if you've ever thought about trying it, you can have it. And um, you know, yes, uh, five years ago in 2013, a hamburger made from lamb grown meat would have cost you about three hundred and thirty thousand dollars. That's a heck of a hamburger. Now that's just <laughs> impractical, right? <laughs> now I I hear what people are saying, but let's keep in mind, folks, that five years ago, my fifty five inch flat panel. I don't uh, even think TV they did 4K here. back five years yeah, ago. Did well, they? they didn't even do 4K back then. So that's even just, a newer technology. So, <laughs> but would have cost four or five thousand dollars. Right. I got this one for like five hundred bucks. Yeah. Because you know? as technology ages and becomes more widespread and, right. and easier right. to build, it becomes less expensive. So that so that same burger today three hundred thirty thousand. I'm going to guess a hundred and fifty thousand today. You got a few too many zeros in there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The same burger today would run you about $11.36. Dude, that's insane. That, that's insane. 330000 down to 11 what? $11.36. Oh, my God. So five years. Five years worth of research, development, mm-hmm. um, advances in technology yep. have brought prices down that much. What's the holdback? Where where is the why are we not moving to the same this the same holdback with everything man people okay people are afraid of it is it safe can you eat it okay, okay. what's it taste like so let's okay let's take each one of those in itself is it safe first and foremost here's what I say to that if it's lab grown we know everything that goes in there is no if. Any time that you grab a scoop of feed or whatever to feed an, an animal, not to mention in these larger production like facilities of factory farms, factory farms, the the disgusting, disgusting yep. environment that these animals are living in. Yeah. Not, I mean, disease is rampant. It's it's unreal. I would feel safer. I do believe knowing that hey, this was. This was produced in a clean, sterile environment where we don't have outside influence. Yeah, but it's not meat, Jeremy. It, well, <sighs> Mr. Ham, sir, this is some abomination that was just scienced up in a glass bowl. And you think I'm just going to eat that? Well, it was yeah. grown out of nothing. And I'm supposed to believe that that's meat. Okay, so let's let's ask a few more of those. So you said safe. Is it safe? Right. Is what's, it safe to eat that? Is what it is it safe that? and what's in it? What, so let's talk about what's in it. What can you even call that? Well, I don't know. Let's go let's ask those questions. So you said is it safe? We know what's in it. Okay. 
I mean, we, you and I don't, but I'm saying scientists that, that create this stuff, and there would be one of those things where FDA or whoever would have to step in and say, okay, it, you have to have how this was made. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, of course. Yeah. So you have that. So is it safe? Okay. We know what's in it. Um, is it safe? Do we, what will it do? Is it, is it a process that like yeah. as our body breaks it down, is it the same process that happens with a piece of meat? Is it, I mean, is it truly meat? Well, so what they claim it is, is they take the stem cells from the animal. Okay. And just basically tell that to become muscle tissue. Okay. So, I mean, realistically, we're starting with a protein base, a stem cell base, which is kind of a neutral cell. cell, And you're saying, okay, this is what I want you to replicate. This is what I want you to do. Yeah. So all we're doing is coaxing what's already there into specific, okay, this is what I want it to be. Right. Instead so, of having a bunch of them in one thing and some of them become a brain and hooves and hair and a tail and muscle and a stomach and a heart, and bone we're just and telling hair. all of them to become muscle tissue. See, I'm okay with that because realistically, one, something too is you're not you're not killing an animal to get this either. So because I mean, stem cell can be harvested. Yep. Can be reproduced even, I think at this point with, with some of the animals. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. So we know what it is. It's, 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 we know what's in it. Is it safe? It's, it is meat then, because if it starts mm-hmm. with a stem cell and all we're doing is adding like sugars and proteins and things like that to get it to grow into this specific part of the animal, then we're starting from a base that is part of the animal. We're just mm-hmm. reproducing it. Huh. Okay. So here's the other thing. Here's, mm-hmm. here's, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and play devil's advocate here. And then someone is going to say out there, because you're just starting with this tiny little thing and you're making it re- replicate and grow. Isn't that the same thing a cancer does? You start with a with an, yeah. uh, with a cell, and then it just goes crazy, and then you know end up with a tumor. Are we eating tumors? <laughs> well, but you're you're a uh, a tumor is like it's not muscle. No, you're right. So but it I would mean, look completely I can, different. I can see though where someone's thought process would go. Uh, oh well, wait, wait. This is too close to this. Right. So okay. I, anyway. I don't know. I'm just, but I've got a I've got a more interesting question for you. Okay. Is lab-grown meat vegetarian-friendly? Well. No animals were harmed in the production of it? No, they weren't harmed in the production of it. And here's the thing. Now, now, okay, from a dietary standpoint, yeah, no, it's still muscle tissue. Right. It's not. Right. But from the, from the from people the morality. that are, from the mora- From the people that are vegetarians because they don't want to hurt animals. Then I would say then yes. It, you know, completely lab-grown, sure. Why not? But if you're, because it yeah. didn't have a face. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so so it has to have a face. It has, no, not necessarily. Is that but you know, okay. you know what I'm, you, you've heard that though. I will need, eat nothing that has a face. Right. No. So does monkfish count? Um, no, they know that <laughs> fish don't count at all because they don't have feelings. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So anyway, um, no, I would say that yes, that would probably, as far as the morality standpoint goes, yes, then they would probably be okay with it. But then again, you're looking at protein-based muscle. And for people that are doing it from a health standpoint, I would say that they would probably still say, no, that's just not something I'm going to do. So. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, I totally would have no problem with this. I, I mean, me either. I mean, like I'm if, thinking, I could, if I could set up a room in my basement and grow my own meat. Yeah. I could, I'd grow ribeyes and T-bones all day long. I'd be all for it. <laughs> and bacon, dude, can you imagine growing your own bacon? Meat candy. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I was in a, a cave system over in Western Kentucky, the Diamond Caverns. Yes. And they have cave bacon. What? Is that the it's same? It's aged in... in the, no. Oh, no. It's a rock formation. <laughs> it looks like bacon. It looks like bacon when yeah. the light shines through it, but I was, you know, hey, it's naturally growing, though. Yes, it is. <laughs> what if you could do that with the bacon, like have it grow on the walls and like little ribbons? Would that be awesome or what? <laughs> just go and cut you the pieces off. Just, yeah. yeah. It's like beef jerky just growing out of the ceiling or something. <laughs> oh, but we digress. <laughs> No, so, but seriously though, I mean, if, if, if I could sit at home and print all my material needs, grow a small garden and grow my own meat in the basement. Realistically, the only thing that you need to have piped into you is water, is liquid. Clean water. Yeah. Can you imagine the sustainability of our planet if that were happening? Yeah, exactly. And, and just from like the, the meat specifically, look at all the land that is currently being used for like, beef cattle Mm -hmm. that if we were growing our meat in labs, we could convert all that land into like plant production. Right. Yeah. I mean, which, which is much more efficient than grow than raising livestock animals. That same amount of land that it would take to feed one cow, you could use to feed several people with vegetable matter. Right. Any right. kind of plant you would grow, uh, speak, but like, and, and not to mention the environmental impacts of these huge factory farms and stuff, the, the waste runoff from the animals, the alleged, which I don't know if this has ever been truly scientifically proven or not. And I don't want to start an argument, but you know, allegedly they produce huge amounts of methane gas. I've heard that. I have heard that, that they can be up to, I think it, some, the research out there says something that possibly even up to uh, 15%, 12 to 15% of total greenhouse gases comes from livestock. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's, you know. And I'm not saying that people would cows have Cows burp a lot. I'm just going to say. Fart. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying and I'm not saying that people would have to stop raising livestock. No. But if we were growing our own meat in labs in a clean environment, we wouldn't have the demand that we have now for such huge amounts of those resources. Okay, so now let's look at the economic just real just a touch of the economic impact that this would have on okay. the farm industry even. I don't see it. I don't see how it would have any economic impact. So your farmer, though, produces this massive numbers of cattle, so that way they could sustain their their little their farming right. situation. But the land that they're using to grow the cattle, they could switch over to growing corn or wheat or True. soy or who knows what other pro- produce that they could grow in and, their land. Okay, so I'm looking right here, too. It says a farmer can feed up to 30 people throughout a year with vegetables. In, in that same amount of land that it takes for one cow. So you're right. talking 30 people versus one. Right. You know, I mean, out of one cow. So, and I don't know, a cow will feed how many people? You're looking at, what, a couple hundred pounds of beef typically out of a, a cow? Uh, you could probably get about 800 pounds of beef. Out of one cow? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. I mean, a cow, a, a, the whole cow will probably weigh twelve or 1,300 pounds. Okay. 
But a lot of that's bone and and fat, and then there's yeah, the you, the intestines and the yeah, the, yeah. Okay, the squishy so, parts. So well, let's just say the meat part of it. Yeah. Um. So I mean, realistically, though, if you even at six hundred, you're gonna have you know you're gonna have ground beef, you're gonna have the right. steaks, you're gonna have the roasts and yeah. things like that that you're gonna be pulling off of that. They're gonna go to different areas, and then you're gonna grade it out. Right. How many people are really eating from that one cow? And here's the thing. You're talking in, in this, you're going to f- feed 30 people throughout a year for a year. Right. Versus one cow. One cow that's going to feed people for what? A few days, weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, you know, it, the, the, the weight there of production versus, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it, I don't know why we're not moving this direction other than, like you say, people. People fear change. Yeah. Yes. And it's, that's... I don't want to do that thing. It's different and new. Yeah. And until something becomes commonplace and then no one thinks about it at all. Right. So Right. Yeah. I mean, every everything, look at the transition from VHS to DVDs. Yeah. People didn't want to do it. Hey, I they, was one of those people. I was, I would not give up my VHS and was like, I'm not buying a DVD player and right. didn't for like three years. Until they stopped, completely stopped making VHS tapes and then you had no choice. Well, no, what I, what I did was I actually found a DVD player. I was on clearance at Walmart because it was a display and I got, I got it for like 40 bucks. And was like, and this was back in 99, right, 2000, yeah. something like that. So I was like, all right, I'll buy this thing. And they, the, even the DVDs that they had that they were just um, like playing, you know, to show what it does. Right. They were selling those for $2 a piece just to get rid of them. Inventory was coming up or something like that. So I was like, heck yeah, I'll buy, you know, I bought three or four DVDs and the DVD player and, and spent 50 bucks and was like, yeah, and that was awesome way back then because that was, oh, yeah, thing was yeah. like two hundred dollars. No, my, my first DVD player cost me two hundred sixty dollars, and the only reason I bought it was because it was a Phillips, and they had a deal going where you could get four DVDs with it when you bought it. Yeah, and I don't remember what three of them were, but the very first DVD I got with my DVD player was Pink Floyd's The Wall, and oh, I nice. still have it. Uh, my first one was Rocky Horror and big surprise yeah big surprise right yeah and that and the i bought rocky horror they had the it was an opened pack they didn't couldn't play it at the store but it was just an open pack that they were going to have to just get rid of and i was like well i'll buy that and then interview with the vampire was another open pack right right um and i don't remember what the others were seems like there was a cartoon or something that they were actually playing and it was still in the dvd player and they were like well just you know you can have that for like a couple bucks as well so Nice. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember what mine were. I remember I wanted the wall. Yeah. And I, so I got it, and then I just grabbed three <laughs> other ones that they had there at the time, and I don't even remember what they were. Yeah. But I still have them all. Yeah. And they still work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, but we digress. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, though, that, that people will not change until they're forced to change. Pretty much. Typically speaking. You've always got a few early adopters. But the the vast majority of people are resistant to change. Right. And with something like lab-grown meat, I can see where until someone actually produces it, puts it out there, and lets people try it, right? there's not going to be a change. Because once it gets out there and people go, okay, set two hamburgers side by side, 
and go, which one is lab grown, which one isn't. And it, when you can't tell that difference. Exactly. Exactly. People are going to be like, yeah, no. So I don't know. It's, it's, I think it would be awesome. Like I say, sustainability for one, our planet already is, it, we need to produce more food because there are so many places out there where sco- food is scarce. Exactly. Um, fresh, clean water is scarce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, vegetables, they don't keep in these, some of these hotter climates as, as long as they need to. So if we were able to get the water and the vegetables there and then meat, because it would be, you know, the protein is what you need. Can you imagine? I mean, we're talking world hunger, not necessarily wiped out, but at least a big dent in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, 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 could, it, could, it could realistically change the way we live as human beings on this planet. Oh, without a doubt. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. Like, can you imagine not like Star Trek with the replicators, right? You can't just, you know, walk up to it and walk up to the thing and just say what you want. It spits it out right there. Right. But just, okay. Idealism, whatever, but wouldn't it be awesome just to have everything you need to be able to make it yourself? It would be awesome. And you wouldn't need in the world, but I'm not just saying like me, I'm like everyone in the world. Yeah. Right. That you could be self-sustaining. That that, would be unbelievable. That that you wouldn't have to struggle and people wouldn't have to starve and go without. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yep. A brave new world. Okay. 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 (laughs) Sorry, I was hopeful for a second. Smack me down, uh, no, reality. No, 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 no. It, it would be amazing. It really, really, really would be amazing. So let's think for just a couple of minutes here before we wrap this thing up about the social implications of this. Because as human beings, we tend to, when we start to isolate ourselves, and if we are self-sustaining, we have our own little garden. We have our own meat farm in the basement. We can print all of the th- mundane items and things like that that we need. Where do we go as a society with interacting with one another? Um, do we get to a point where we close the doors and the windows and that's that? Do we get to that point? Like, I'm pretty sure I'm already there. <laughs> hey, at least you reach out here. Through this medium. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. So, I mean, that's the thing, though. I think that this is one of those things where we would have to look at not just sustainability and the way that it would help, but how would it hurt? Um, and not necessarily so much in that it would be a bad thing for us as people because we would be able to be self-sustaining but we need to look at those social institutions you know interacting with one another how do we meet one another um would it free us up even possibly to go out and do things you know more um would we want to there are a lot of questions socially that we would also have to be able to um ask and and answers we would need to get when we start looking at these things like being self-sustaining and having replicators everywhere what what do we where would we go from there? You know, and I don't know because we're not there. So it's one of those things where we'd have to look and go, okay, so if X happened, what would be Y and Z, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, well, there are some people that are working on like 
a new social system. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw this article the other day, actually, and that you talk about it. Admittedly, it's designed with millennials in mind. It's okay. But I think this could be a good solution, like even for somebody like me, maybe. And people are going to laugh. I know they're calling them adult dorms. Okay. So imagine like a, a big building, like a huge like apartment building kind of thing. Divided into these little micro units is what they're referring to them as. Basically like studio apartments. Yeah, like little studio. You would have your own bedroom, living room, bathroom. Right. And a small kitchenette. Okay. In your unit. Okay. But then there would be large communal areas with like big screen TVs, full full kitchens, uh, full dining rooms, maybe like sports activities, Basketball courts, tennis courts, swimming pools, all in one building. Right. So each person can have their own private space. So you're not just like stuck with people all the time. But then if you wanted the companionship and the social interaction and all that kind of stuff, you go out into the communal areas and maybe somebody's cooking like a huge paella or a big thing of Indian food or whatever. Yeah. And you just go to the table and you know, it's your buddy and you're, you, you get to know yeah, them yeah. and they're your you friend. You bring the non, I'll, I'll supply the tikka masala. Yeah, exactly. She can make the rice. There you go. Let's, let's all sit down and eat together. But it's, you know, it's these huge buildings designed for this kind of scenario. And they're actually working on building these now because of the way our society is going with being more and more isolated from each other. So they're basically building these so that way we can we can create social structure within a group. Right. But still have that privacy. Privacy. I like it. And in a situation like this, this is an ideal situation for exactly what we're talking about with the replication. Can you imagine having one floor of that building with your meat farm? Yeah, exactly. The top floor, you know, the, 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 the roof, the roof. Having your garden, yeah. your greenhouse, your sustainable there, um, and having one area for you know your printing of mundane items, or even having your own small little printer in your apartment, your yeah. your 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 domicile, dude. Something like that, where you still get the social interaction and you're able to have that sustainability. This is where we need to be. This is where we need to go. Now, I'm not saying for everyone because. Myself, right. my wife, my kid, not necessarily because we have that unit, but for so, someone that... For somebody like me. I, I'm just saying for someone that is either no, a... I'm a, saying for someone like me. Okay, okay. Like, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to say, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm saying for someone from like my you. perspective, okay. like it says for millennials, you know, the, the project was designed for millennials with their current issues with like... But this is the, not the FOMO and all that stuff. Just for and, millennials, though. This yeah. could be for anyone yeah. that has that wants to interact with That's other people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it sounds like a great idea to me. Like a place where I could go, I could live, I could have my own space. But there are people there that I could go interact with that when you are want to. also. In a similar like that's the problem I have right now is like I don't want to go to a bar. Right. Because there's people there that are, you know, they just want to get drunk. There's people there that are looking to fight. There's people there. They're looking for a hookup. They're they're looking to hook up. You know, and if I just want to meet somebody just to sit down and talk. It's not the best environment. It's, you know, something like this where there are, you know, it's 
20, 30 other people in that floor. And they're that, all that they're similar all age group. They're all similarly aged. Uh, they're, they're not necessarily, and know, here's it's just, it's here's just a day-to-day too. social interaction. And here's something, too. This type situation right here is going to draw a specific type of person. So exactly. It's, it's, so you're going to have similar personalities. Right. So that also is going to add to that. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Sorry. No. Continue on. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying, though. It's, it's going to be a place for, in my opinion, like-minded individuals to get together and, and as- associate together. Right. And without, you're not forced to interact. It's not like a weird thing at a bar where you're trying to figure out, are they trying to get in my pants? And, and, right. And, you know, or am I just, is it just this? Is it that? Yeah, you're right. And it's not, and you're right there at home, quotation marks. If you're uncomfortable, you just excuse yourself and go back to your, your unit. Yes. And it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it, it realistically is a dorm. I mean, exactly. It is it's a, like dorm. a college dorm for adults. Yeah. And I mean, I can remember being in the dorm at, at college. It was there. It was fun because right. the, all of the people that were there were we were sharing the, uh, the same, you know, situation. We're all in college together. We're all we, we don't have the same classes or anything like that. But we were in this building. We were all on the same floor. We all knew one another simply because we interacted in the hallways. There was those common areas that were shared, you know, and yeah, I, it, it's I can see where this situation right here would lend itself so much to anyone that would want to. Well, like you say, anyone that's either alone or with someone even, but they don't necessarily want to get out and be in that bar scene or something like that or you know whatever they want that right. social interaction and and it's it, that dude this, this is an awesome awesome idea and i'm looking over the the article right now the cost as well is is su- substantially lower because you're right. sharing a common area exactly yeah you don't have not, to you don't have you know 20 like it says here there are 21 of these um units per floor you don't have 21 kitchens. Right. You don't have 21. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, you basically, so the fact that they're able to build this, have one big common area and then have a lot of smaller, I don't want to say less furnished, Pri- but private areas. Yeah. This the private or the more private, the private yeah. areas. Dude, this is awesome. It would be really, 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 really nice. So when are we going to build one of these here in some, in Somerset? I, I mean, I don't know, but there's plenty of <laughs> there's plenty of vacant buildings downtown where we could try it. Amen. <laughs> right? I don't know. But speaking, okay. I don't know. I just, so, you know, yeah, exactly. You've got this huge building. You've got people living there. You could dedicate, because the cost of each unit is down because of the way, sorry, because of the way the floor plan is laid out. Yeah. You could, you could dedicate a floor to 3D printing, like you're saying, food production, the roof for... Greenery. I mean, yeah. I just I don't know. I think something like this could flow right into what we were talking about with the with the other thing. And dude, this is the city of tomorrow, is what it is. It really, truly I mean, is. It, that's what Who, it, that's this what person that, that the the person that came up with this, whoever the the company is or whatever. Um, uh, these the the yeah, these guys are really right. looking at where society is heading, and yeah, it this is it, it it's awesome. Yeah, what this reminds me of, uh, they call these, they call the, they call this kind of a unit common space, by the way. Right. But uh, 
What it reminds me of, did you ever play SimCity? I loved SimCity. So, you know, towards the end of the game, when you start getting like a lot of resources and your population is maxing out your square footage, right? you can start building these like all contained tower buildings Yes, that have like their own police, fire, all that. That's what this reminds me of. Something like Absolutely. that. It's like one building with everything. Uh, I don't know. See, something like this would be awesome. You have like... I mean, it's, the, the, the possibilities of this, too, is, is, all, is, is limitless. I mean, you could have a, a retail store downstairs that if you wanted to do, you know, some kind of little something, you know, right. specific. Um, you could have a gym. You could have, and then you could have multiple floors of all of this. And then you would have not just the 20 or 30 people that you have on your floor, but, you know, hey, I'm going to go down to seven and hang out with those guys. Or, you know, up to 13 and we're going to all, you know, because yeah, they're exactly. going to have a party up there. It's like, it'll be like a block party. Dude, something like that would be awesome. I think it sounds great. Yeah, I agree. I, maybe not. Maybe I'm crazy. I am crazy. But maybe this is just an, uh, an extension of my insanity. No, I mean, it, it's a really good idea. It really, 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 truly is. Speaking, though, of social interactions and people and communicating and everything, uh, I would like to say that we're going to, I know typically we're rolling on like a two week schedule, uh, but next week we have a special episode coming up. We do. We've got two of my good friends and two of your friends as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. Coming well, back. I don't, I know Jake. Okay. So you know, Jake, I know yeah. Jake and Bob both, uh, two of our, two of my good friends from a brother's quarrel podcast, they're coming back home here. Yep, we're going to visit family for a couple now. of days. They're coming back here to visit some family. Yep. Uh, they live in Utah right now. Uh, I've talked to them off and on online. I haven't got a chance to see them in person for a few years, so it's going to be awesome. But they're coming over. Uh, we're going to do a guest spot on their podcast. They're doing a guest spot on our podcast. So, so we're going to have two yeah. podcasts recorded next weekend. Yep. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going <laughs> to be too. a ton of fun. Uh, it's going to be great to get to hang out with Jake and Bob. And I love you, Bob. I don't care what you said. <laughs> I know I know you didn't mean it in your heart of hearts. <laughs> Even though you claim you're dead inside. Come on, Bob. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hang so, out with us. Have a good time. We're going to have some great discussions. Uh, I've got a topic that I picked out a couple of months ago. It's uh, hitting home last week or so. It's really coming big. It really is. So, it's one of those things where I think you said, by God, I actually had foresight and saw this coming. Yeah. And, and now it's everywhere. It's yep. all over the news. Yep. So, so unfor <laughs> timing works out, I guess. It's a topical conversation now. Uh, when I posted it up, it wasn't really as big as it has become here lately. Yeah. Yeah. It was more so, hypothetical. What, you know, why yeah. are we, why are we not looking into this? And now, yeah. everyone and now everybody's is. <laughs> looking into it. Now I don't know. They, we're going to guess, like I said, we're going to guess spot on their podcast as well. I have no idea what we're doing. I have no, uh, no clue. It's going to be fun. They always have a great time. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Just seeing what kind of stuff they come up with. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, so, so in a week, in in a week on the yeah on the fourteenth, yeah we'll we'll we're gonna, we're gonna actually get to get all of us are gonna get together. We're gonna sit down and we'll do some recording. We'll try to have it up either that day or the following day, yeah. possibly that yeah. weekend for sure. Yeah, that weekend. So, um, but until then, if you do want to reach us, you can reach us at facebook.com forward slash two minds podcast. Yeah, or you can shoot us a tweet on the twitters 
at Two Minds Podcast. Email us. If nothing else, again, I, I still haven't seen an email. Have you? Not so yet. let's just see if this thing is working. Email us at Two Minds Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find this episode and all of our past episodes on our hosting site, twominds.podbean.com, and give us a listen. And you can subscribe there in your favorite podcasting app and get our new episodes as soon as they come out. Awesome. Sounds great. So when Jake and Bob gets here, dude, it's going to be a lot of fun. I really think it is. I'm looking forward. They do some crazy stuff. No kidding. No I'm kidding. Looking, I'm looking forward to bringing you, you, you know, I've heard them say that they're going to bring our podcast. Like, what was it? He said something like, I'm, we're going to totally demolish your podcast. Yeah, we're going to bring it down. down. And they're like, nah, nah. It's, I think it's going to be great.